our largest competitor, Zoom Info. They have 122,000 followers. They've added 37,000 followers in the last year, where we've added 45,000, which is 65,000 followers. And it's like, not only are we growing faster than all of our competitors, Gong still being the golden standard growing faster than us, but we're doing it with a much smaller audience. So as a percentage, what Apollo is doing is really not being seen in the B2B SaaS space. Hello and welcome to Confessions of a B2B Marketer. My name is Tom, your host, and we have a great episode for you today. We have Daniel Smedja, who is the VP of Community at Apollo, and we dig into how they've done some absolutely incredible work and the way they've been able to do all this work, all this great stuff. We've got great LinkedIn stats, et cetera, is through a keen understanding of something that isn't marketing, you'll find out. In the episode, first, we have to give a big shout out to Fame, who are producing this episode. So if you are keen in improving or starting a podcast and you're a B2B business, then go to fame.so and request a proposal. Let's jump into this discussion with Daniel right now. Daniel, welcome to the show. Yeah, I made a holiday themed for you. Happy to be here. Is this the first meeting or recording you're going to be doing with the Christmas tree in the background? Well, it's November 28th, so I hope so, unless I'm doing like podcasts every day and I did one yesterday, but I think we're around the the early end of acceptable Christmas tree setups. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I did the last one in front of a bunch of spooky Halloween things like pumpkins and stuff. So, yeah. Very nice. Well, I am going to introduce you in the show as the Community King. Really? Do you think that's a good description of your work over the past uh, decade, I think? Whatever you want to do, let's do it. I'm in. <laughs> so I want to dig in. We're going to, like the work you did previously, Chili Piper and in the world of politics, we're going to get to later. I want to jump into Apollo because I see Apollo absolutely everywhere, like popping off on LinkedIn. I think that you are part of this. So head of community or like running community at Apollo, I want to first dig into where that function sits, who it reports to, and then understand what you're doing and then how it's supporting the business and its growth. So to be very clear, who does the community function or who do you report to in the business? I report to the SVP of marketing, David Malpass at Apollo. It's an interesting question where community sits. It kind of stems from the question like, how do we define community, right? Because folks can use community for marketing purposes. They can use it for CS purposes. Those are the two primary ones, but people use it for branding, for recruiting. So I'm curious, Tom, how do you define community? It's a great question. I would say, I think it would be accurate to put community within marketing because with my business hat on, I would be like, I'm making this investment in like connecting these people, creating content for these people so that over time they start to know like and trust me so that ultimately when they need some leads, <laughs> they come to me as Apollo. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but I'm not sure if that is the most healthy way to look at it. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, I define a community as a space, either physical or digital, where people who aren't explicitly paid to do so freely exchange knowledge and information. I find that this is a really effective way to describe community because community can be so many things, right? It can be your Slack group. It can be the comment section on your LinkedIn page. It can be in-person events. It can be your team. It could be something outside of work, like your religious community or your sports fan community or your hobbies, your foraging group or whatever. But in the sense of the work I do, which is help B2B SaaS companies build their brands, that's the definition I like to use, the first one I gave. 
It's a beautiful definition. Thank you. What we're essentially saying is that if people like us enough to talk to each other about stuff related to our business, then we're doing a good job. Basically, or it doesn't even have to be related to your business, right? Like if you can compile a group of people and they talk about things that are quasi-related, like we gather a group of Apollo sales users and they commiserate about just how taxing a quota is to mental health and they provide value to each other, I would say that's also a community. Agreed. So to Apollo, and feel free to push back if you don't want to share stuff like this, but are they like giving you, here's X amount of money to build the community this year. We want to see it generate this much revenue. Is that how it works? No, not exactly. I actually was told I'd get more money. It was like the classic thing where they're like, come in, blank check, do whatever you want. And then they're like, but actually no blank check. Yeah, I just feel very lucky. And by Chili Piper, I had two incredible employees. Well, I had so many incredible employees, but two of them, uh, Taylor Boger and Medjuli Arias, they joined me at Apollo at the same company. So I was able to start really fast. And basically what I told them was we would get about a 500% increase in our monthly followers, about a 1,200% increase in our monthly organic impressions. And we hit those goals about eight months into the year. Apollo on LinkedIn is now growing faster. If you look over the last year, Gong has added more followers on LinkedIn than us, but no one else really in the B2B SaaS space. We added a, around 50,000 followers. And when we started, we had around 20,000. So we've had, we've like 3 x the entire lifetime of it. But it's really tough. Like when you're trying to do budget things for community, you kind of need a leader who understands the value of things like the dark funnel or things... Like they understand that the way that buyers make decisions isn't they just click on an ad and oh, I've made my decision. It's like they're like a hundred touch points, right? So what I like to do is just show that things are directionally aligned. Like for example, after I joined and we did all of this branding stuff, like our direct inbound web traffic started skyrocketing. And you can even look on certain days where it's like we have a viral moment happen, we have more web traffic. And then the conversion rate through to that leads to revenue. So in terms of budget, I don't have a huge budget. A lot of the stuff I do is organic, but I have managed to hire a great team so far and I want to double that team next year. So there's no set amount of money. I do request certain amounts of money each quarter, but I don't always get it. But generally, I'm pretty well resourced here. I feel really lucky, but that resource primarily comes in the form of people like Zoe Hartsfield, Medulli, Taylor, our head of field marketing, Kayla, and then Caroline Maloney, because my department is actually, I define community in terms of the working relationship at Apollo as customer marketing, social media marketing, field marketing, PR, evangelism, and community, which is our relationship across these Slack groups. So all of those departments report up to me as the VP of the community, and they kind of tell me what to do a lot of the time. I just have to be a good boss, and honestly, it goes pretty well. Well, I did see a LinkedIn post today where you gave insight that I hadn't really considered. And we're skipping to management, but I think it's fine. You said in that post that actually sometimes the biggest impact of being a good team member is that you, you're actually changing or supporting the manager more. And I think it would be the other way around. Like if you're a good manager, you're going to help the team member evolve. Do you remember that post? I think it did pretty well. Yeah. So Miguelie just got promoted. And I think it was a reshare of her post, right? Where she was like, she's saying all this incredible stuff that she's done. I'm just like, yeah. It's like, Oftentimes, I think about this a lot. Like, you have two companies competing with each other. On one side, the employees there are like excited to show up to work. They know that they get credit for their work. They have psychological safety to take risks. On the other side, someone's unhappy. 
like in an era of creative marketing and relationship building, like the team that's happy is going to outperform. So I find that like the job of a manager isn't necessarily to tell your employees what to do. It's to support them and empower them so they can go ahead and do their stuff. So Medulli is a great example where it's like, before she joined Apollo, I was kind of getting up each morning and being like, and before she joined Chili Piper, I was like, what do we post on LinkedIn today? And it was going well, but it wasn't sustainable, right? That brought us from about uh, 40,000 organic impressions of the company page per month to around 200,000. And then Medulli comes in, she builds out a schedule three weeks in advance. She works with all the other departments. She gets video content. She gets employee evangelism and that uplifts everything more. So it's not to say that like good managers shouldn't be there for their people, but if you hire the right people, your job becomes less trying to extract as much as possible out of your employees and more trying to rein them in. Make sure they take PTO, make sure they have a work-life balance, make sure they're not being like mansplained to by other employees or whatever. Just make sure that they are respected in the workspace. And if you do that, it flips the dynamic entirely where you never have to push them to work harder. You just have to push them, feel confident in in themselves so they're willing to take risks. And that's where innovation comes, I think. Yeah, love it. I can tell that you A, like, and B, are good at management, which is probably crucial for like running this, I think, six different parts within community. Can we get tactical? I want to, if possible, dig into the LinkedIn thing because something I'm quite passionate about is trying to grow a company page. If there are like one or two things that you think have been most impactful this year with the Apollo page, like achieving that number of increase in followers and engagement. Okay, well, if you pull up a list of companies, one really thing, cool thing you can do on LinkedIn is you can look at the followers of your competitors on the company page tab. You can look at all that stuff and you can see that our largest competitor, Zoom Info, they have 122,000 followers. They've added 37,000 followers in the last year where we've added 45,000, which is 65,000 followers. And it's like, not only are we growing faster than all of our competitors, Gong still being the golden standard growing faster than us, but we're doing it with a much smaller audience. So as a percentage, what Apollo is doing is really not being seen in the B2B SaaS space. And I know I was like, if you look at the LinkedIn top startups, they were strained to just companies that have only been around for less than six years. But I benchmarked our follower growth against like the number one company and Apollo was out competing them. So I'd say there are two things that you could do immediately to change your entire brand perception. And the first is to reply to every comment that mentions your brand positively from the company account and find a way to reply to the negative ones as well. But maybe don't reply from the company account because then everyone will see it. Reply from an account that doesn't have as much reach. But like, imagine you, I hate to use a love metaphor, but I'm going to do it. Like you're in love. And you go to like cafeteria full of people and you're like, I'm in love with Stevie. And then Stevie's just like, doesn't say anything. They don't acknowledge it. Like you're only going to be able to do that so many times before you just don't feel comfortable evangelizing anymore or announcing your love. So the first thing I would say tactically is like, take the time to go out every single day and reply to every single positive comment of your brand. Reply to every single comment on your company page. Because I would hazard a guess that if five people commented on every single post your company made organically, it might like 10x the reach of every single or like 90% of B2B SaaS companies, right? So like what you're trying to do through social isn't tell people your message. You're trying to build a bi-directional relationship with a group of people who are then positioned to evangelize for you. 
So that's the first tip. Reply to all the comments. The second tip I would give folks is to actually hire a social media manager who's epic. (laughs) Megulie, I get so much credit for her work. No matter how much credit I give her work, I'm still like, I'm the king of community or whatever. But it's like, I really just support her. And we will go through the social media calendar each week and we'll have like a conversation around it where I learn a lot from her and she learns a lot from me. And it's really fantastic. Zoom Info recently posted something. I was super excited about it. And actually, like, you know, we're, we're big competitors with them, but they've really stepped up their social media game since Apollo came in and like took a huge percentage of their customers. And I saw they posted a role for a social media manager because their social media function after Apollo joined, they had some change of headcount there. And they were like, we'll pay $175,000 for this social media manager. That's what the JD said. And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, Your social media manager is the front line for your brand, for CS, for support, for recruitment. Like I would hazard that Medially, who manages social, and then Zoe, who manages our evangelism, they're probably two of the top recruiting forces at our company as well. So like really invest in a social media manager, not as like the lowest level, like you don't promote the intern to social media manager, like go out and find someone amazing and pay them really well because organic social works. Like it really does especially in this era where you need to multi-thread more, where you need to build deeper relationships, where you might have a PLG company and then the brand can just flow people directly to revenue. It's been a lot of Apollo's, Apollo's success over the last year has been this organic word of mouth surge because we haven't really scaled other demand gen functions. Like we haven't scaled our ads as much. We haven't scaled our SDR function as much, but we're still like hockey stick growth. We raised $100 million as well at a $1.6 billion valuation. That, that helped too. <laughs> yeah. To break down what a great social media manager does, they do the first thing I assume really well, which is engage and reply. But the second thing, and I'm going to try and guess this and you can tell me if I'm right, are they just really, really understanding who the ideal person, or the ideal buyer is and then creating content that is super valuable to them? Would you say that's the most important thing a social media manager would do? It really depends on what other functions you have in the company, right? I would say the most important thing Medially has done has created a culture of having people share online. Because like, think of your typical company. Like maybe they have like five distribution points for their brand. They've got their ads. They've got SEO. They've got their blog. Maybe they have a podcast. Maybe they have a newsletter. Now we're at five. Maybe their CEO posts on LinkedIn and AE. That's seven distribution points right? Like, what if you had 100? Like, what if you had 500? When Medulli came in, one of the first things she did was started leading by example. She posted herself. She started positively reinforcing those folks who posted on LinkedIn. She and I went out and recruited a bunch of really badass account executives who also have LinkedIn followings and are going to exceed quota. So I'd say that understanding your audience or more likely audiences, because you probably have several distinct audiences within your kind of sphere that you're trying to influence is super important. Maybe the top, maybe you're right. But I would say perhaps equally important is a social media manager who comes in and creates a cultural shift within your company where people feel empowered to post online and they have that aha moment. Like the aha moment for Apollo is when somebody uses our data to add someone to a sequence and books a meeting all within our suite. You have data, engagement, meetings, booked. Like when that happens, they're like, oh man, I like this tool. That's their aha moment. Like a great social media manager will come in and create aha moments for a bunch of your reps, for your execs. Like when your CRO 
hires their VP of sales because of a post they made online. They're like, well, I guess I should start posting online more instead of paying an executive recruitment firm $80,000 to find this role for me. Like when an account executive sources an enterprise op through a post they made, or when they refer someone and they get like a referral bonus through Greenhouse or whatever, like creating those feedback loops will just create additional distribution points for your brand that you don't have to manage. Because if you're focused on just your output through your company page, like one to three posts per day or whatever, you're just not going to have the impact of someone who's distributing their brand across 100 points. And it also goes to customers, right? A great social media manager will make customers feel really good about evangelizing. And then that customer will go out and they'll evangelize again and again and again. And it's like, basically, you're building all of these blocks or, or you're building these foundations of these houses that other people then build for you. And that's kind of where I think that's the difference between a social media manager who's talking to their audience and a social media manager who's building community. Medjuli just got promoted. Her new title, it's a mouthful, but it's head of social media and senior community manager. And we made that distinction really clearly because we don't want to just social media. Like we want to build community. Very long answer, but there you go. What I'm sensing, I'm trying to like break down how you guys and you personally have like been successful at this, right? What I'm sensing from a couple of answers, like the management one, and also from this answer here in what makes a successful social media manager is a real like keen understanding of human psychology. Like with the management one, you, you like you find the good people, you let them flourish. And then here you're like, how do we get people to maybe test posting? It goes well, we reinforce that behavior. So I guess the question to you, like how important is this understanding of how humans work in doing this kind of job? So the other day, I was, not the other day, a few months ago, I was at Dreamforce, and I got a text from Alexine, who runs the women in sales community, and she's just amazing. I partnered with her at two orgs. She's doing great work. She's also just like total badass. And she's like, hey, I'm at this dinner with the sales blazers, who are like all the top Salesforce influencers. You should come by. And I'm like, well, you don't have to, don't have to ask me twice. Like, these are my people. These are the people I know who are influencing my audience. And I was chatting with them, and it turns out, we were all heavily influenced by the same book on psychology, influenced by Dr. Robert Cialdini. It is a mandatory part of training for every single employee I have. I have a super weird onboarding or employee I serve versus have, where it's like, we don't really get into what the job is until the second week. The first week, it's like, here are 10 keyboard shortcuts that'll save you one second per transaction. Like, don't use your mouse to navigate your tabs. Like, reopen closed tabs, use better snap tools, use shortcuts. Here's how to use Excel to do like a VLOOKUP, like all this basic stuff. But then a ton of it is about psychology. And there are two big themes. One, we talk about influence. If you haven't read the book, check it out. But there's also a really great 10-minute YouTube video called The Principles of Persuasion. Basically, what Cialdini puts forth is that because of the way humans evolved, we're actually more likely to react to psychological triggers than rational decisions, which kind of makes sense if you like look at our electoral system in the US or whatever, like surely we're not making rational decisions, right? But these principles are authority, consensus, consistency, reciprocity, liking, and scarcity. And what I'll do with all of the teams that I serve is I'll have them like do their work and then I'll be like, how do you apply all six principles here? And like what I found is really powerful is, is the consensus narrative and the authority narrative where it's like, how do you get companies, how do you get employees to post? Well, they want to see someone they respect who's posting, and then they'll index their behavior off that. Okay, how do you do that? You get their boss to post. How do you get their boss to post? You get their boss's boss to post. 
So we have people like Zoe Hartsfield coming in and partnering with Leandra, our CRO. She'll just join Leandra's meetings and then take Leandra's wisdom that she does in like an SKO and then help Leandra turn into a post. And then Leandra is able to speak her authentic self. It's not ghostwriting. It's like assisting her. She's grown her following last quarter from 1,200 followers to 5,500 followers. Like when we announced our Series D, her post reached 300,000 people. And then when people see the CRO posting, they're like, I got I to gotta start posting as well. So if I looked at that, I would be like, okay, what do we have here? We have consensus. You should be posting on LinkedIn if you're a sales leader. We have consistency. You should do it regularly. We have authority. This is someone I respect who's doing something. Yeah, that's really powerful. So psychology is everything. You look at like amazing brands, like look at Gong. Like Udi talks about Cialdini all the time. He's the former CMO and now chief evangelist. But ultimately, like we can talk a lot about what is B2B. Oh, we're marketing to other businesses. Ultimately, we're marketing to humans. We're marketing to humans, individual humans who have individual thoughts and desires. And a lot of it, psychology aside, just comes from being human. So asking them, hey, what do you care about? Like, what's important to you? And then the solution will flow from that. Because it's not like, hey, I want to work with you, influencer. Talk about Apollo. It's, hey, I want to work with you, influencer. Tell me about your business. What are your goals? How can we support you? And then the sweet spot is at the intersection of both sets of goals. That's how you create authentic, real relationships versus kind of transactional, extractive relationships. Was the playbook at Chili Piper significantly different from what you're doing at Apollo? This is actually a really good question. I was talking to someone who I'm trying to recruit because I'm always trying to recruit people. I've recruited nine people to Apollo since I joined and they're all killing it. Some of them I didn't recruit. They reached out to me and I supported them to get in, but it's very similar, honestly. And this is something I would recommend to people who are there. They're like, I've already been an AE. I want to be an account manager, like director of account management or something. There is value in running the same playbook multiple times. So before Chili Piper, I was the general manager at this community called Modern Sales Pros, where I built out their events and I monetized their events. I brought in a couple million revenue. Then I worked in politics. Then I went to Chili Piper, now Apollo. The playbook is similar each time, but each time it gets better because like, I'm not going to come to those on the teams that I serve and be like, here's the playbook, do it. I'm going to be like, hey, here's something I've done in the past. What do you think about this? Then they'll come in, they'll augment it. They'll make it uniquely their own. So I would say the playbook is very similar, very focused on showcasing humans. Obviously, we have the same social media manager. We have the same customer marketer, Taylor Voger. If you go to Apollo slash Wall of Love, you'll see that we've started aggregating all the positive mentions of Apollo anywhere and we get them on our website. And that's another Cialdini thing. Like people are more persuaded by public statements of support. So if someone's like, I love Apollo, I'll be like, why do you love Apollo? They'll be like, here's why I love Apollo. I'll be like, oh my gosh, it's great. Can we put this on our website? And not only is that great social collateral for us, but that'll actually bring the posters mentality closer to what they said. So they're going to be more likely to support those things they said because it's public and because we're just nice to them. Like we ask them what they want. And if someone's like, no, I don't want to post this. We're always like, no worries. We still love you. So I would say the playbook is very similar, especially on the social media events and customer marketing side. But we've taken it to a new level with the addition of Zoe Hartsfield. And also Kayla Drake is like a super seasoned events person. I've never worked with anyone that seasoned. So we've taken it to the next level by really focusing on evangelism and executive presence as its own kind of branch within the community team. 
Whereas a chili piper, Medioli managed all of that. And here, Medioli manages that for employees and for our company accounts. And Zoe manages it for executives and our influencer partners. I am a massive fan of the Arthur Castillo's event strategy from Chili Piper. We actually had him on the show. I love Arthur. Where he would go around with a microphone. That like we was that a like community initiative? Were you involved? Did you suggest that to him or did that feed into the work you were doing? I'm trying to think how it came about. I definitely was involved, but it wasn't my idea. We were talking about the Arthur at events, the Billy on the Street thing. So firstly, I love Arthur. He's so great. I was so happy. He was an account executive at Chili Piper and we brought him over to the events team and we really did some really powerful things where we kind of took all of these communities that we were supporting financially. In a lot of cases, I was the very first person to give money to some of these communities. Like first ever partner for Rev Genius, first partner for marketing operations. It's like I helped monetize modern sales pros myself. So you really build like a true relationship where, you know, I was giving these community founders advice on how to scale their community, how to monetize their community. But the Arthur events thing is just a great example of like letting people do their thing. And Nolan McCoy, who's also there, played a huge role in Arthur at events. But he's like, hey, I want to do this thing. I'm like, great. You're super well-spoken. You're brilliant. Go do it, man. Just give them a platform. And one of the great things is if people know you got their back if they win or if they don't win, they're much more willing to take risks. And like the Arthur at events thing is not like, oh, here's another B2B SaaS company who's doing this thing. Like that was innovative. He also did this escalator thing, Arthur's escalator pitches, where he'd get on an escalator and do a whole thing before the escalator hit the bottom. And it's like, that's the type of innovation that comes when people are having fun and they have psychological safety. So just a huge fan of Arthur and all the credit for that goes to him and Nolan, though. Maybe we pulled it from somewhere else. I don't know. A lot of the best ideas that we had at Chili Piper and Apollo came from random people, like someone in sales or whatever. It's all about opening that communication so you can be the recipient of different ideas from different parts of the department. Because it's like moving at the pace of your own innovation, your own ideas is often not fast enough, especially when you're surrounded by so many brilliant people like Arthur. Well, let's finish off by digging into the executive presence piece. So is that one of the six areas that you oversee, Apollo? I think so. They're kind of blurred lines around what I oversee because... It's just a lot and it changes a lot. But yeah, that's a big part of Zoe Hartsfield's job. I reached out to her because I've been trying to hire her for years. And I was like, hey, what's your dream job here? And she wrote the job description. And that's like, that's so much better, right? Because she comes in empowered and she's like, I want to help other people do what I've done with my brand, but in a real authentic way where I'm not just like churning out content for them. I'm like truly speaking their truth. And that was part of it. And the other part of it is working with these kind of influencers, not to be like, here's $400 for a post. But like I said earlier, true collaborations around an idea. So it's a lot of fun. Zoe's brilliant. We've made a lot of gains there. I'd say that easily employee evangelism outstrips our company page reach every month. You know, we're reaching millions of people every month through employee evangelism. On the day of our Series D, Zoe, Medjuli, and I custom wrote like 130 posts across our team. And some of them were customized for specific people who could request it, anyone could request it. We built a guide that enabled people to build their own posts. But we, you know, we reached 3.7 million people that week. And for context, the entire year previous, we reached about 500,000 people. So it's like executive presence is the ultimate force multiplier because it's just additional distribution points for your brand. 
And it's not like they're out there, hey, buy Apollo every day, you know, buy Apollo, replace outreach and sales loft and Zoom info with Apollo. A lot of times what you have executives talking about is just their own knowledge, like not Apollo related. Maybe 10, 15% of the stuff is related to your solution. And the rest is related to kind of them and what they care about. And it's great for the brand, but it's also great for retention. I think that executives at Apollo who are part of our evangelism program are going to want to stick around because we're helping them build their brand. And we're also learning so much. It's also great to be like, Zoe, go become best friends with the CRO. Because now I have a direct connection to the CRO, right? And even though the tracking, back to your first question, might not be there when your CRO posts about something and it gets shared in a Slack channel and then someone else looks at it. And then when Apollo comes up for evaluation later, they're like, oh, I remember this tool because of this thing. Like you can't really track that, but you can get that aha moment within your executive team. So they know, they know because they've seen it themselves. They see the DMs coming in. I want to try Apollo. They see the talent referrals. They see the upsells. They see the enhanced reach. They see the web traffic that's associated with a boost in their efforts. We completed the circle by coming back to the investment ROI, please. There you go. As I said, Daniel, I think the key for me here that I'm taking away from this episode is the focus and passion that you and I think other people in the function have for human psychology and how that could be leveraged to hit goals, but also make people's work lives better. And that's like super crucial. It's actually not what I was expecting from this conversation. So what we're going to do is we're going to link to everything we mentioned, including the Robert Cialdini book and the YouTube videos below. Love it. So that anybody listening can go, we're obviously going to link to your LinkedIn, we'll link to Apollo. Is there anything else we need to tell the listeners about? We're hiring a head of, we're hiring in field marketing. We're hiring a senior field marketer who's basically going to go build out the most epic events event strategy over the next year. We've already kind of disrupted employee evangelism, exec evangelism, social media marketing. Events is next. So I'm just so excited for that. And uh, if you're listening now, just be yourself and take risks. And you know that bad idea you might think is weird? Like an example for me is, let's turn all our customers into Pokemon cards, right? It was like one of the most successful campaigns we've ever done at Chili Piper. We had millions of impressions. So just like believe in yourself and take risks. And if people want you to do boring, stale marketing, like, Maybe that's not going to work and maybe you should leave your job and go somewhere that really sparks joy and brings passion because I really don't think, and it seems pretty simplistic, oh, the key to being a good manager is to be passionate. But it's like a team that is micromanaged and bogged down will not be able to compete with a team that's empowered and inspired. So find that sweet spot within yourself and you'll find that the results follow from that. We will link to Apollo's hiring page below. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate you. All right. What do we think, team? Absolutely incredible episode. Loved Daniel's vibe and passion. I was smirking slash laughing to myself or laughing at the conversation as we we're going. And I do think that he's an absolutely crucial insight is that if we're trying to achieve anything in the revenue function of a B2B company, marketing, sales, customer success, then a keen understanding of human psychology is going to augment any efforts. And you can clearly see that it's being used effectively here at Apollo and was used effectively at Chili Piper in order to get these awesome community-based results. So massive thank you, Daniel 
coming on and just being awesome on the show. Massive thank you to Fame, who are the producers of this show, Fame.so, if you're interested in starting or improving your B2B podcast. And a massive thank you to you for listening. <laughs>